everyone, and welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Zach, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Walter and Emily. Hey, guys, how is it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing all right as well. All right, good, good. Just, We're off to a good start. <laughs> We're off to a good start already. So this month, we tackled our first sports manga, um, Haikyuu by Haruichi Furudate, and Haikyuu is a story of a male high school volleyball team, and their and their quirky members. Oh yeah. <laughs> as as you always have to have quirky quirky child prodigies just... and then like a lot of slackers. Hey, you can't you can't just have like any sports manga where it's just. We're all pretty good at this and relatively normal. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting how the Japanese sports manga parallels to the American sports film. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good uh way to look at it, a good comparison yeah. point. Although yeah. I guess my touchstone for like American sports films is like a weird mix of like Mighty Ducks, Cool Runnings <laughs> and Remember the Titans. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think one of those kind of falls into the more typical like American sports film, whereas two others are slightly outside of that. I'll leave it to the listeners to guess which of those two. Right. <laughs> well, it definitely right. has oh. the underdog aspect to it. Yeah, um, that that's just more exciting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Where's my manga manga adaptation of Mighty Ducks? That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't uh, know. But, <laughs> I don't know if there and, has been a hockey manga. But uh, not just of like Mighty Ducks the movie, but of like the uh, uh, cartoon from the nineties, where there were actually ducks. Oh yeah. Yes. But they oh, were superheroes man. too. Yes. It was, it was weird. The, the hockey rink opened up like X Men, Xavier School style. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Now that man, I think about, it. like, was it related to the? How was it related well, to the movie? I, I, Wasn't it Disney? They were both Disney, was, right? Yeah, it was one yeah, of those it was like a very Disney liberal companies. use of the of the, <laughs> of the property. It's just like, all right, Mighty Ducks. Let's have ducks, <laughs> and they have powers too. And they had like. Well, I mean, that was the heyday of of Ninja Turtles and and Street Sharks and. All the yeah. anthropological, very, very street sharks, cre- creature, creature superheroes. There, yeah. Oh man, and we are Multiversity's manga podcast. If you didn't know, <laughs> not not the Multiversity '90s animation podcast. Oh man, we, we could probably we could... do that pretty well. Too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to work from there. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, what did you guys? What were your initial thoughts on Haikyuu? Oh, and for reference, we read the first two volumes. Oh yes, yeah. uh, first two. I I really enjoyed it. I uh, I'd heard about it like once or twice before uh, you Zach had uh, suggested reading it for this, but I didn't really know anything about it. So I, this is one of, I think this is the first one I did that I went to it with a completely clean slate, clean slate, no uh, prior expectations, and I really enjoyed it. It. it like the first volume was pretty good. The second volume, I was just 
hooked. I, it was just very exciting. Uh, and definitely, like, once I finished that second one, I really wanted to continue on. And I probably will continue on just reading more of this. It's uh, It's got something to it that really grabs you in. Yeah, I... I also really liked it. And and like Walter, I didn't really know much about it. I've seen like some clips of the anime um, and the anime looks beautiful. Um, it's, it's done by production IG. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, like all is. of those, all of those scenes in action, like on the volleyball court look really good. Um, and those are generally the ones that get shared around and the reason why I've seen it, but it didn't really catch me other eyes. I just kind of figured it was just another sports anime manga story kind of just another typical thing but yeah like reading the first two volumes it, it, like Walter said it has something I don't I don't really know what it is I think maybe it's just that it really it really gets you into that team mindset really fast I think the whole team aspect of it helps a lot whereas the other sports manga we've read like eventually they're going to get on a team of some kind of like, you know, robot laser beam. It's just this one guy for a while and golf is not really a, a team sport. Um, obviously. Uh, and then like, um, there was that. Well, it sort manga. of is, but what? it sort of uh, is. Oh well, yeah. But I mean, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, right. I, I, like working together, uh, on, on a team, like, um, side by side kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I just, I think the team aspect makes it a lot more exciting and some of the other sports stuff we've read. And yeah, it just, he, he did a really good job of um, establishing the different personalities and um, how they play off of each other and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, kind of getting at maybe what that like special something is. I'm not, I'm not sure about this, but like it is something I've noticed in like across all shonen manga, regardless of like the trappings or, or, you know, whatever the, the like theme or the hook is like in this case, it's volleyball, but, but like there's, there's this like certain shonen quality of like at its core, you know, it, it, it's there, there are themes of like, I, I I mean so I guess a better like of what I'm trying to get at it's really hard but like so take something like food wars which is just you know it's like cooking but you get into like the competitive aspect of it and you right. and you learn about it and you you like are kind of you're being taught and kind of intimately introduced to this one thing while at the same time there's this like highly competitive you know it's just like any other thing like that and i, I it's yeah. it's interesting how like manga especially mo- shonen manga kind of captures that the competitive aspect of of theme things like you know like real life sports or or wrestling or even like you know chopped or something like yeah, that you know yeah. <laughs> in the in the food wars case um and i think that's part of I, what makes it so compelling and and especially yeah like what Walt was getting at with the second volume where we have the there's a um a practice match between the the main character's team and a and a higher ranked team from another school and just the way that a lot of the like action is is framed and presented it feels more like a almost kind of like a martial arts type thing only in only with volleyball 
you know when some of the some of the like jumps and and poses and things that the mm-hmm. characters go into it's all very stylized and and very evocative of that kind of imagery yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of uh what comics lend themselves in this regard uh when it comes to like doing a sports story it kind of lends itself to that romanticization of you know the when the iconic sports play and like in your mind everything's slowing down for this moment and then it happens and it's like crazy you know it doesn't actually happen that way um and you might like have like you know a movie for example where like you know the game-winning pass in a football movie it slows down and all then just speeds right back up once uh, the ball is caught and it's all oh dramatic and everything but it feels a bit more artificial then whereas you're able to kind of uh with when you're doing comics you're able to both do that and then just kind of lean back on well that's the medium you know of course comics are going to be like broken up and segmented that's just how it works you know it's not like a flip book or anything like that so you're able to kind of like make that dramatically slow down things because that's just how the medium works but then because that's how the medium works it doesn't seem like you know artificial um in capturing that like excitement of the big thing that happens in sports where all of a sudden everything happens just right and then everyone goes crazy after like you know a seeming like pause in time yeah yeah. Um, I also think like another thing that um, makes this so enjoyable and, and we haven't, you know, really, I guess we kind of skipped past this, but the, the characters themselves are very interesting and, and they exhibit familiar archetypes, but they are also fairly multidimensional. Even some of the, I guess, more like side tangential characters. So I guess we can like talk a bit about some of the main characters, yeah, right. um, and and what we thought about them. Yeah. Um, so first, first, yeah, we have um, Shoyo Hinata, who is kind of the I guess central protagonist of the book, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I, I assume everyone who's listening to this has read it, but if, if you know if you haven't, he he's an interesting character because he. He's very short, but he is extremely athletic, and so he he's kind of come from a background where he hasn't had a chance to like play a lot of volleyball, but is very very tenacious and wants to get better. and And he's played against um, Tobio Kageyama, who is the exact opposite, um, kind of a prodigy, goes to a, a good middle school with a, a decent volleyball program, but is kind of a diva. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good word. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked how um one thing uh that that they kind of do at the beginning um I wouldn't I don't know if it's really a twist, but they kind of set it up like in the first few chapters you think that um oh obviously when he gets to high school um Hinata's going to be going up against Kagiyama uh who's going to another high school but then they have to work together. So the rivalry is like within the team, not necessarily against another team right away which i think right. was another thing that made it stand out yeah i would yeah. Almost, i mean i i i think it's fair to call that a twist um hmm. 
and and a good one at that you know it it to- it kind of turns your expectations from the first chapter on its head and goes in a really interesting direction yeah yeah just it's, 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 yeah yeah i'll oh, go ahead oh i was just saying you know just having that kind of uh dynamic that you would expect uh in other you you see all the time as in you know shonen manga the whole you're my rival uh we're going to compete and everything and just right from the beginning instead no you're my rival we have to work together and and there's like an element of uh realism to that you know a little bit more than you might see in some other things where you know you've got this group that's you know dysfunctional you've got to get especially you know i you know i wasn't like believe it or not i wasn't extremely athletic um or anything <laughs> but um, you play basketball if for a little well okay yeah. um <laughs> but you know just like the you've always got to when you're dealing with any sort of team environment you have to kind of reconcile there are going to be people within that team especially starting out who don't like click and you got to get past that first before you have like grand ideas of oh this team there are you know rivals within like this whole like conference or whatever um and that's a more that's a lot more interesting i think to like start off with having them having to face these like internal conflicts before having to or at the same time of dealing with more external conflicts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we, what we quickly find is it's more about how they complement each other and kind of make each other better and, and kind of facilitating that are the older team members um, who are all just kind of like nice guys, you know, like, yeah. Just, just pretty all around good, good people. They're already, they're all, pretty much all of them are pretty cool. I mean, there's the one guy, um, Tanaka, who's uh, yep. kind of he's he's like your typical like kind of punk, but he's got a he's got a heart of gold kind of thing. Right. He's actually yeah. pretty nice. Whereas the actual uh, asshole character is um, uh, another first year. Uh, Sukushima. Sukushima, the really tall guy with glasses. Yeah. Um. I will. I will say probably my one main fault with it is that it's so far. Maybe maybe later they become more fleshed out. But so far, a lot of the upperclassmen that aren't Tanaka blend together for me. You know, yeah. I mean, they're they're all yeah. They're just they're nice guys. And but that's about all I really uh, got about them from these first two volumes. Yeah, yeah, I guess like both of the the captain uh Sawamura and I think Sugawara is the other yeah. the, yeah. the the other setter who is kind yeah. of like defers to Kageyama because he's yeah. clearly better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they're I was going to say he just kind of feels like the team mom. He's kind of the he's he's the nicest of the right. upperclassmen. Yeah. But uh yeah, having a character like uh Tanaka is always fun, you know, just having someone who's brash and you're able to like not have uh exactly the same sort of trope of someone who's like really brash and just starting out. Um so in this case, you know, Tanaka is able to be Tanaka 
so to speak, and not really get in trouble for it. You know, he gets scolded a little bit, but it's not like he's like talking a lot of crap without actually like having some sort of base for it. Right. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a fun character to have, and I just think he sticks out a bit more than the others so far. So far. yeah. Yeah, yeah, also, he was a little bit more prominent in the first arc. Um, or, yeah. You know, when they were doing the practice match to settle the whole fight between Kageyama and Hinata, he was on their team, so he was helping them out a little bit more. Um, so he was a, a little bit more in the forefront. I think I think maybe just... And it's, it's, it's probably just because we've only read the first two volumes. I'm sure the other guys get a chance to shine. Because um, something else I noticed, or just... I got this feeling as I was reading it, like it, it feels like there's the opportunity for all of these um, team members to have like interesting conflicts, I guess. Like, um, well, Kageyama, especially um, with his former team members, um, because he didn't get into the school he wanted to get into. Um, his former team members are now facing his high school. So he's having this this upcoming conflict with them. We didn't get there yet, really. Um, oh, no, we did, didn't we? I can't remember the guy. A little bit. The... The a little bit. Okay, one of, one yeah. The, the onion head. Yeah. His, yeah. yeah, his, uh, yeah, the onion head, and then also his kind of mentor, I guess, or the, 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 the person guy? he, yeah. the pretty, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. what's his name? Oik. Uh, um, sorry, I'll find Yeah, it's it. like Oik, Oik, <laughs> Oik, It's okay. Oikawa, Oikawa. Oikawa, yes, yeah. Yeah, so... um, Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. For some reason, I was thinking there was uh, more to it. But yeah, just... just, I just get this feeling, like, with all of the other schools, they have to... Like, with all of the hurdles they have to jump over, just the opportunity for some interesting conflicts is, is really... Um, there, yeah. kind of. Yeah, we got we got a bit, you know, kind of going back to the the rivalry aspect and and that trope. We got a, a sort of like uh, poked some fun at that when there was the the scene in the bathroom with Kageyama and I think uh, Kend- Kendaichi, I think is the other yeah. student, and, yeah. um, and and Hinata walks in on them and their their faded moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So thank goodness they didn't see me or notice yeah. or whatever. I felt, I felt oh, yeah. bad for interrupting their yeah. moment of destiny. Yeah, like where they were gonna they were gonna like announce their rivalry or whatever it was. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one of I guess the few the the book is um it's kind of funny, but it's not comedy is not it's like no. central thing you know it like has its like chuckle moments but it's mostly yeah i'd say it's mostly pretty lighthearted. um but like when they're actually having the matches it's pretty just kind of intense and well as intense as it gets um whereas the lighthearted moments are pretty intense yeah 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 it does um whereas like the lighthearted moments are mostly reserved for when they're done playing and they're just kind of hanging out yeah yeah and Hinata is still like definitely the he you know he's the the straight man for a lot of the jokes he you know he's kind of like the goof the fool um, yeah and a lot of the jokes just center around him being inept or 
or or doing things incorrectly or or throwing up on someone's pants. Oh yeah. As you do. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm uh, particularly most interested to see if and when I continue it, which is probably more a matter of when than if, but, you know, we've uh, discussed obviously the like, uh, you have Kageyama is supposed to be the more like jerk rival figure, as we mentioned with the subversion that now you have to work with him. But so far, Sukashima just seems like a dick. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, right now, like, in a weird way, it's kind of, like, interesting because I, unlike everybody else who seems to have, like, a couple of layers to them, I feel like Sukashima, it's, there's, I feel we haven't gotten anything more about, like, why he might be just so Maybe? unpleasant. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, he's, sorry. Well, yeah, it's just, I, I get a feeling that that's something that probably comes up later. And that's, he's the one that sticks out to me. Like, I feel like since all these other characters have been like given a good amount of like uh, depth in the short amount of time, like they're not super deep, but just for what, how little, uh, we read so far already like some of them have a good amount of depth to them to just have this one guy who is on the team who is just a jerk it seems like there has to be more to that and I, i'm very interested to learn more about him in particular yeah yeah um yeah he's just kind of mean right he uh he's just kind of a jerk to everyone i think he kind of defers to the the uh upperclassmen but Pretty much to everyone else, he's, he's like, standoffish at best, though. He does have that, like, friend, I guess. Like, I, I noticed there's yeah, one the, other uh, character. that oh. comes with him. Yeah, Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi yeah. who's, like, the only one who seems, uh, like, I noticed him, like, on the sidelines. He'd be like, oh, Tsukushima. He would be, like, yelling for him. So He didn't get to play. Yeah. He, right. I, don't think, I don't think he actually got to play during the, yeah, <laughs> during yeah, the practice game. Seen. I think he's actually pretty bad. He's, um, yeah, he's the non the nondescript first year. On, yeah, um, yeah. It it is pretty. You know, an interesting thing about this is that you know you have the upperclassmen who are more experienced, but then you have all of these first years who are coming in who are, you know, very prodigious at like one particular thing. Right. Um, like Suki Sukishima is uh, t- very tall. Yeah, he's tall blocker. Um, Hinata is extremely fast, you know, like lightning quick reflexes, and and then Kageyama is is an expert setter. So that um, you have this kind of like interesting interplay between the characters who are really really good but inexperienced, and then the like more experienced characters who are just you know like they're pretty they're good. Yeah, and, and yeah, they've the, got a more the, broad talent. Yeah, if, yeah. yeah, and the. The, the collected versions kind of have, like, an interesting graph that tracks everyone's, like, skill sets. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know... I thought that was cute. A lot of a lot of yeah. mangas do that. Like, um, My Hero Academia has that at the beginnings of um, chapters. Sometimes they just kind of have a little rundown of a random character. But, yeah, in Haikyuu, there are these, like, um, they'll have, like, a... Uh, 
a drawing of the of the character, you know, a picture of the character, and then just like a parameter, like a five or six point parameter with like um, uh, you know, like stats basically. Um, yeah, yeah. This is kind of neat. Right. So what what did you guys? Um, how familiar are you with volleyball, just in general? Like not at all. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I remember playing it in like uh, high school. Yeah. Middle school. You know, just in did, like gym. Did, right. did you feel like Haikyuu did a pretty good job of of like acquainting you with the sport and and you know getting you caught up on everything you needed to know? Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, th- it it didn't really like I I I mean like it. The point of volleyball, I already knew. I mean, I'm not saying that's, like, hard to figure out or anything, but, like, it, you know, the positions I didn't really know about. But just even from the little diagrams that were drawn before the games, I was like, oh, okay, this person does this and that. Like, I was – I don't think there were ever any, like, super long-winded explanations. Yeah, it's, they, they had, like, it built into with uh, the uh, – I forget the name, the uh, teacher advisor character. Yeah, I forget it. Yeah, name. yeah. <laughs> I forget to say, but he's like he's like going through like his notes about it, like oh okay, this means this and this means this. Um, I thought that was like a cute way to yeah. kind of run you up to speed. I've got a between this and like robot laser beam. The thing with sports manga, and my limited experience so far, is it makes me want to be like, I should learn more about volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when it when it's good, it like makes you. Like, I have I haven't uh, picked up my golf clubs in over like two years, but like reading Robot Laser Beam, it's like, hmm, maybe I should <laughs> golf again. Um, and you know, I can't unlike you know, golf, which I at least like have very very little, but some experience with. You know, volleyball, I can't just be like, hmm, I should play volleyball. But it it makes it more like interesting to me, and I, I like you know. It's not just I want to like continue enjoying this story, but it, at the same time, it makes me more interested in volleyball in general. Yeah. And I think that that's something that you know, good sports manga is able to do. It's able to get you not just interested in the story that they're telling, but the sport itself. It allows you to see some aspect of what makes that work and why right. it might be appealing to some people. Yeah, right. yeah, I think you're spot on there. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about the art a lot, um, but I thought that the the style of the manga was really interesting. Um, like the the way that the characters were drawn, very yeah. especially like in movement, you know. Yeah, and and that's key for something like this. You've got to get that sense of movement, um, at, at, like capture that feeling of someone as uh excuse me as hinata does just like get the feeling of this person has just moved all the way across the court yeah and i think that furidate really sells that just all of a sudden they're here they're there and it doesn't like feel like they just drew them here they drew them there it feels like this person just moved lightning fast yeah i think that's something uh, that is really good at. Yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked how he drew um like there would be those um I forget what they called it but like um uh they called Hinata like a, a decoy so he would jump up 
uh, and um, Kageyama would look like he was going to set the ball for him, but then he would actually be setting it for, like, Tanaka or whoever was on the other side. And he did that in an interesting way with, like, he would show, like, like I guess, like, kind of an outline of the ball and then, yeah. like, it, it heading towards the other person while he's looking at Hinata. So it's a little hard to explain, but basically, like, you really, it's like, okay, I see what, it was clearly conveyed, like, what what the other team was, like, seeing as far as, like, the, the decoy move. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which, like, I imagine is just an extremely difficult thing to do and to, like, yeah. keep track of the, the, you know, the movement on on the court so that it, it you know, you it looks like you're actually watching a game play out rather than just, you know, yeah. a, a static series of images that don't really... Um, yeah. Don't really like match up with something, you know, make like a congruous, you know, play or something. So, yeah. 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 I kept the whole time I kept thinking is like how cool like a Flash comic would look with art like this. <laughs> yeah. Because so many of those poses are very um, speedster esque. Yeah, you've got like your elbow out in front with the run and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I also uh, was always impressed. There, there were like three moments, I think, maybe four, where particularly when Tanaka was involved trying to like intimidate people, where all of a sudden it like took on like a kind of horror vibe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah, like, it was funny. Too. It was funny, but it was also really good. <laughs> <laughs> and just like oh, you could, you could probably do this too. You mean like um, yeah. his face would become monstrous? Like yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find the page. There's one like, oh yeah, yeah. Here it is. It's uh, it's on page like 97 of the yeah when they're meeting the other school of the second. Oh, volume. that's right. That's right. Oh, this is a, this is a different one. I think this was uh okay. This was after Hinata had hit Kageyama in the back of the head. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 again, like it, and it kind of it it works for like those moments there, because um, having it was it was mentioned my dark secret of having tried to play basketball for a little bit, <clears throat> but like you know when you try to do something and fail in sports sometimes, as you do, um, as I do. Um, <laughs> it, it feels like just all of a sudden you're in a horror movie rather than rather than playing yeah. this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've, it's weirdly appropriate uh, that moment of oh no. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Who who hasn't felt that in in many a in many like a, a PE class or something like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even just playing like, yeah, exactly. Like practice games in PE. You're not even on a team. You're just, you know, doing it yeah. with the rest of the class. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some some people have just the the degree of control over their over their being isn't as as solid as others and. It, it often ends in humorous results. Some of those people are on this podcast right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I didn't play sports after 
uh, geez, I want to say second grade. So, I mean, we all sucked when we were like, you know, seven or eight. So it's not really anything, anything to right. brag about. <laughs> there was, there was also one very minor thing in the grand scheme of things, but just like really sold to me that this is just a well put together comic overall. Um, was I, I think it's it's in the second volume. There's that one panel. It's like a half a page panel. It's referring to uh, Kageyama's ability to you know just put the ball into Hinata's hand, and it's like saying that, and like it's just like a shot of like Hinata with his arm out, and the speech bubble was like you know a circle, and it was in Hinata's hand. I thought that was so cool. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see. Um, may, maybe I'm just not reading the right stuff, but I, I feel like uh, some aspects of the way that just manga is put together, uh, you don't get to see as much like interest. You don't get to see like as many experiments with uh, lettering. Um, granted, you know this. This is more. Yeah. The these like shonen series are more like the equivalent of like. Uh, a monthly ongoing from like DC or Marvel or something like that, where you don't get to see that much like experimentation either, uh, just because you got to hit deadlines. But that was such just that was one of the first times that the lettering in a manga has struck me. The way that was used as like the text bubble was the ball. Mm. I thought that was just so cool. I didn't notice I, that. We'll I don't know if you guys check that out. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Good catch. Either. I'm trying to find it now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that I've. I remember like distinctly like a few times that One Piece did that, but it was so rare that it just didn't really seem like something that was thought about. You know, like consistently, it just seemed like oh, this like unless it just like came to Oda as he was drawing, like oh hey, right. do this with the speech bubble kind of thing. Um, right and i and i don't know like how much of uh when it comes to like manga how when it's put together are like the speech bubbles i I imagine that was something that was like drawn out Mm -hmm. uh, by ferizate rather than uh decided by like the person doing the lettering but i don't know you know it's a it's a different system so i just don't know enough about that yeah yeah well, any other thoughts or, or comments about the first two volumes of Haikyuu? Um, I guess I would just say, uh, like, something I didn't bring up. I just thought something else that made it feel different and, you know, just good as a sports manga was it, it really did feel like Walter was saying, like, well put together, like, the pacing was really good, I thought. Um, yeah. I never felt like, at least in the first two volumes, that anything went on too long or that I wasn't... Or that something was super rushed or anything. It felt the 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 structure, um, the way the the pace at which things were going felt pretty natural overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with yeah. The pacing all all the way through was really solid. I think that mm-hmm. that first arc was you know fun, but then the second arc and the and then the the I guess the the practice game was just so well laid out and so yeah yeah this is a the pacing is not an issue with this book at all yeah definitely do you guys uh think you're going to continue reading more of it or 
Yeah, I would like to. Um, I especially, you know, they introduce some new characters at the end of the second volume and, and mm-hmm. kind of hint at maybe some more coming later. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely interested to, to check it out. And I, and I was just looking at the release schedule. It looks like they're going to have a pretty rapid um, release of, of new volumes, I guess, to kind of catch up with where Japan is. It looks yeah. like there's oh, like okay. one new volume every month this year. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I was just looking at that too, and it looks like um, <clears throat> uh, like they're already up to I want to say eleven or twelve, and I think there uh-huh. are like twenty six in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Twenty six out in Japan. So Viz is going to be trying to catch up, um, and then I think they're going to like I guess starting next year they might go back to just a kind of a slower release release schedule. Right. Yeah, so, so can't... definitely a lot to catch up on, a lot to read. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right. I guess that's uh, it for this section. Uh, we're doing a weird thing this month uh, due to uh, differing schedules where we're recording a bit separately. So we'll see whether this is placed before we do the month in Shonen Jump. It's being recorded before then, but we can't talk about the whole month ahead of time in retrospective when the whole month has not happened. Um, So next month, we're going to be talking about the bat manga. I say we, but both Zach and I are busy with Zach is uh, becoming a doctor. I'm becoming a lawyer. One of us is contributing to society. One of us is a leech on society. Um, Uh, But the argument could be made both ways. (laughs) uh, Well, I think one is an easier joke than the other. Uh, so instead, we're going to we're going to be doing a uh, crossover episode with the DC three, which Zach is also a part of, um, to talk about this interesting bit of uh, both Batman and manga history. The uh, Bat manga, as it's come to be known as by uh, Kuwata. So. <laughs> You definitely don't want to miss that because it's some weird stuff. Yeah, it's going to be me, Brian, and Vince. So, yeah. Yep. Vince be... with the good tweets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll oh, be interesting. Man. And Zach and I will be back eventually, one day. Someday. <laughs> Soon enough. All right. See you next time. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at the Eisner-nominated MultiversityComics.com. Every week we take about 15 minutes to check out books hitting the shelves on Wednesday that we're most looking forward to. We also have long-form discussions about books we're excited for, both old and new. These episodes have included works like Jaime Hernandez's Love Bunglers and Katsuhiro Otomo's epic Akira. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the people we've had on the show have been Tom Scioli, Paul Pope, Leila Del Duca, and John Workman. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comics-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, we're back now. Well, uh, two of us are back. Um, Emily and I are here. Walt had to run off to go study for the bar, which is very important and completely understandable. But we're going to continue on and talk about the some of the the manga that ran in Weekly Shonen Jump this month. 
Um, So I think we're going to start off by talking about Promise Neverland, which continues to be one of my favorite serials in the magazine. Yeah, definitely. Um, And this month it really, and you know, last month it, it definitely picked up the pace. A lot happened. And I think it's continuing on that good clip now. Um, It just keeps increasing the stakes and, um, I don't want to say like surprising me all the time, but definitely putting in some good like plot hooks and mysteries, you know, that keep me wanting to uh, come back and read. Yeah, definitely. I think I would agree with that. Like it doesn't necessarily surprise me, but it consistently um, subverts my expectations and does things, takes the story in places that I didn't, that I wouldn't expect or haven't expected. Um, right. <laughs> which I think we've discussed previously. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of cool things happened this month. You know, we got a little bit of backstory about, about mom and, you know, where she came from and even kind of like a nice, um, I guess like humanizing moment, even though mm-hmm. she's done a lot of terrible things. Um, yeah. She kind of Ac- does a nice thing. Yeah. Actually it was, uh, one of the most surprising things, um, about what, or, you know, um, of the chapters from last month was that we found out that uh, Ray is actually her son. Yeah, that's actually which, a, kind of a huge revelation. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's implied that certain women are, which is, again, pretty dark for a, for a dark in a different way, you know, not, because when we've talked about Shonen Jump series being dark, it's mostly been like, in regards to like violence level or gore level. But in this, it's like, it seems to be implied that certain women are kind of groomed to be mothers and impregnated so that they, you know, yeah. create more children for the plants. Yeah. And it turns out that, yeah, that Ray is, is, is a, is mom's actual biological kid. So. Right. Yeah. Like very, um, to be like, you know, on current pop culture, very, you know, like <laughs> handmaid's tale. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, so that was interesting. And then, um, you know, we get a bit more of the, the group kind of like getting away and we see the demons kind of like jumping into action and a bit more about, you know, kind of the world outside of the, of the, the walls of the compound, which is, um, yeah, you know, a lot different than things, things have are much different than, you know, like our current world. It hasn't just been a a stagnant, um, things have changed a lot as a result of whatever's going on. Yeah. I, I still kind of, well, I mean, cause we've only seen this one part of the outside world as seen by the kids who escaped, but we've also kind of seen these like labs and stuff, which we assume are also in this outside world, but I don't really know, you know what I mean? Like I still don't really have an image of what the actual just average part of the world looks like. Like I've just seen these kind of separated, this kind of like fantasy land under the trees with these, these, you know, living roots. And then these kind of sterile laboratory environments where where the demons and I guess the the free people live. Um, So it'll be interesting to see though, if there's like actual free people living in like some kind of housing or, you know, some kind of development that's not like an orphanage or village, uh, you know, yeah, an orphanage. Um, yeah, yeah, which it seems like, you know, that's kind of like what we're led to believe is the current goal, you know, meeting this this author mm-hmm. um, who's kind of like his works are now becoming this kind of like 
interesting like meta textual guide, like guide. For the kids yeah, yeah. which is yeah. really cool and um and i i was just going to mention um that this the chapter that came out most recently on the this week on the 29th um was like really reminiscent of some of Hayao Miyazaki's work, at least I thought, with the yeah. the kind of like world under the ground, um, yeah. really reminded me of Nausicaa and Princess Mononoke, which I thought was really cool. Um, and even yeah. even like the the story by the author, um, I forget that the author's name. Or it's um, like Mister Minerva, I believe. Minerva, I think yeah, it's that's right. Minerva. Let me see. Um, yeah, that reminded me a lot of Nausicaa as well. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It de- that, that kind of uh, fantastical, um, just environment and kind of the focus on nature. Right. Um, I'm, I'm familiar enough with Nausicaa to know that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and even the, but, the hero had like a, a strange little like old dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that yeah, felt like um, a, at least like a it felt like a pur- purposeful homage. Um, yeah. I really feel I'm I'm really kind of glad that they are and I, we I know we touched upon this before but I'm really I really am kind of glad they're out of the orphanage now because I feel like the actual plot has really started I feel like the stakes are a lot higher now because you know now they have this goal to save the kids eventually uh, the kids that are still with mom but now it's like well is mom really that evil I mean. She, there was definitely some ambiguity, well, you know, as much as there can be, some ambiguity to her motivations, it seemed like, which I, I guess I was a little bit confused. I might have to go back and reread. Um, but, you know, there's definitely more going on than meets the eye as far as, like, training the people who work for these demons. Like, I'm not even sure. I mean, they're definitely evil to some degree. Like, you know, Sister Crone and Mom have definitely done some messed up stuff but um yeah it's almost like it's presented more now like they're products of the system yeah yeah exactly not that that excuses them but it does you know they're much more sympathetic right another thing i want to say though too is um i don't know if again i can't remember we might have talked about this a few months ago but i love his demon designs like (laughs) yeah yeah definitely or I think it's a he. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I believe you're right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because I almost feel like I'm reading a different manga when I see them, because they're very, you know, I, just kind of horrific looking. Um, like something you would see in like a horror comic or you know, a scary movie or something. Not not cutesy or fantastical at all. Just really kind of uh, grotesque. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm really excited to maybe see more of that, like moving forward. Um, because yeah, you're right. The, the designs for the demons and the, and you know, some of the like kind of creatures that we see in the most recent chapter, like the the weird little, you know, kind of like dog, like canine-esque creatures. Um, yeah, really, really interesting designs. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure coming up here, we'll see more soon. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, anxious to see, I guess, more interaction between the humans and demons. Um, and also if, if Norman is actually dead, though, 
uh, you know, infamously, we predicted that, well, you know, <laughs> I say infamously, but, you know, we, we predicted that um, <laughs> Ray had died in that one chapter, and he was fine. Yeah. And we thought that Norman was going to live, but, you know, Norman might be dead at this point, so who knows? Right, right. Um, Making any more predictions. <laughs> it's, it's, this is the series that you can't make predictions on, and yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, not as easily as you can with others, uh, anyway. Yeah. So you want to move on? Do you want to say anything about um, Black Clover this month? Yeah, sure. So this month of Black Clover was interesting. Um, it was kind of a really short little standalone arc. Um, and, <laughs> and it was a, kind of played into a very common, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say even like Shonen Trump, just kind of like trope, not tr- a Shonen trope. <laughs> um, um, it's, it's kind of just like an anime trope in general or manga trope of the um, hot spring, a hot spring storyline, yeah. which um, always involves, you know, um, you know, the genders are separated and the guys <laughs> are trying to peep on the girls. Um, and so the early in the month, it was almost kind of more like like a training arc where they're trying to ascend this yeah. active volcano to get to the hot spring. And you get, like, a little bit of character development here and there as to kind of, like, masters, uh, like, a new transformation thing that we saw in, like, a, an earlier arc. Um, but then, like, this week we get to, you know, the <laughs> the prize at the end of the arc, as it were, <laughs> uh, which is the hot spring. And, and I yeah. was just astounded at how far in they, the artist went um, because it's just – um, it's just all there. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, if so, I saw a little bit, I was slipping through and the funniest thing to me, and Walter mentioned this too, was that there's just this like two page spread of all the girls and nothing is covered up, but they're all like kind of barbie Yeah, it's, like, it's exactly what it is. It's Barbie-fied. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's, so it reminds so me, there's like a, there's a British, um, like kind of sketch comedy show called The Extras. Mm. Um, with Ricky Gervais and there's an episode that they do with Patrick Stewart where um, he is like pitching this script he has where he's kind of like a Professor X type character but he um, uses his like psychic powers to like remove women's clothes and (laughs) the like recurring punchline is like he's pitching like a scene in the story and always ends with him saying well I've seen everything Um, (laughs) and that's like the first thing I thought of because I was just like wow that's exactly what this is but um as much as like that kind of stuff generally like usually really bothers me in manga especially when you're dealing with like underage characters right Um, or or like you know ambiguous ambiguously aged yeah 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 um maybe because I don't know maybe because it was so like bald-faced about Mm -hmm. it um, the humor of the issue actually kind of like hit with me. Um, right. Because it was actually yeah. also like, you know, the, the, of course the punchline is like, Oh, we're going to go try and Pete, but multiple characters are like espousing like why they, sh- why they won't or shouldn't. And so none of the characters actually do that. Um, right. <laughs> and so, so, yeah. Is, it, is, uh, um, Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, I feel like 
I, I also am not really a big fan of this this trope, um, mostly because I feel like it's always kind of shoehorned in. Um, like, even when if, when with series where it's like, oh, really? They have a hot spring there? Okay. I mean, I, I know it's a part of, it's, it's more of a Japanese culture thing, um, but just the whole trope kind of revolves around these weird, you know, sexual hijinks. It's like so funny that they're naked and they might peep at the girls kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I prefer more if it's like more tongue in cheek or kind of honest about what it's doing. And that's kind of what this sounded like. It, it sounded like it was, it was more humorous than like pandering or titillating, I guess. Though maybe yeah. It's both. Yeah. I think I, that's, yeah, I agree. Now, now we did get like another thing that this series has kind of like, I, you know, I've had a, th- thing with is um one of the characters has like a a, like very overt sister complex and we get another (laughs) character in this arc who does who has another like very overt sister complex and so yeah i I don't know like what the hang up is with that um it's it's a weird yeah it, it comes up a lot even um i mean at least with this it sounds like it's not very explicit um in you know Obviously, you're, you're you're still reading, so I'm assuming it hasn't been like you know a, a deal breaker. No, um, but it is kind of weird. Um, you know, there are definitely a lot of other anime uh, and manga that that is like the main thing. You know, the stepsister, the sister complex. A lot of the time, it's uh, someone they're not blood related to, but they're really into. I honestly don't know why that is. Um, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, the best I can say is, like, it's just a difference in culture and, like, leave it yeah. at that. But it's just, like, from, yeah. a, from like, a Western standpoint, it's just, like, a really it's, strange yeah. thing to, to come across so prevalently. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me as much if it wasn't so often with very young-looking characters. Uh-huh. Uh, like, you know, if they were shown to be adults, it's like, okay, that's still kind of weird, but whatever. But it, it, it is kind of creepy when it's, you know, like a girl that looks like she's 10 or 12 i don't know if that's the case in black clover um, um and 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 the the first one it is in this in this newer one it's not um mm. but but yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, but it but, sounds like that it was like a fun interlude though yeah pretty much and i mean it kind of like even ends it's like you know the final panel is like hot spring <laughs> art finish um so <laughs> it's like very very self-aware and so yeah. You know, yeah. I mean that's fine. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was like a funny interlude, and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes now. Yeah, and so, but it, but it was like, um, it was after kind of a big, kind of main arc, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. After they beat the villain and everything, they were just chilling out. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Similar, similar things happen in like One Piece and stuff, um, though not as often. Usually, it's either. And it's usually a feast with One Piece because, you know, another thing shonen characters like to do is eat a lot. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's that's something else they can do. Um, but so uh, another another one that stood out this month was, um, to me at least, was um, My Hero Academia, which, um, well, I guess not as much as past months, like nothing super huge happened that, you know, like was a huge game changer. Um, but the hero group, um, has started to infiltrate the current arc villains, like, Lair, this guy who we've talked about called Overhaul, who is producing this, like, quirk-killing quirk drug 
that, you know, if he loads it into a needle, you know, or to, like, a gun and shoots it at you, shoots it at someone with a quirk, um, they lose the ability to, to use their quirk for a while. And, um, uh, conversely, um, he also, I think it's him, he, he's producing this drug that also, like, amplifies quirks. So, this guy is just, just doing some pretty nasty stuff. Um, and it's implied also that his daughter, at least the character that's referred to as his daughter, um, is being used to make these drugs. So the heroes decide they, they need to shut this guy down quick. Uh, plus, he's also he's also um, involved with a few other villains from, from previous arcs. So they've started to infiltrate this, um, this hideout. Um, everyone's in their, their hero gear. They're with their mentors, like um, Sir Night Eye, one of my new favorite characters who... Who's kind of he was introduced like two or three months ago. He's pretty new, um, and you know who else? Um, just some, just some of the other heroes and students that were that were introduced in the past few months that have been kind of uh, mentor figures to the younger students. So, so yeah, they're they're just infiltrating and kind of showing off their quirks. Nothing super huge has happened yet, though. I'm assuming once they get to the you know, th this final confrontation with this guy, it's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. Um, because, like I said, he's working with some of the other big villain groups. So, I'm excited to see more of that, but, um, Zach, I don't know how you, <laughs> you're not as far as I am. No, but, I'm like, um, I'm still yeah. catching up on this one. Um, and, and I, this is the one that I, uh, uh, this and, and Food Wars are, are two that I'm still a little bit behind on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I really enjoy Food Wars a lot, but, like, this this book is, um, My Hero Academia is really special to me because it's, um, <laughs> it's, like, the most, like, like Western superhero comics. I mean, it's so? essentially, yeah, I think so. And, like, mm. I, I've, like, I kind of view it as, like, I've said this before. I think it's the best X-Men comic that's currently <laughs> being published um, because it's wow. very much in that, you know, like, yeah, you know, young it, superhero. Yeah, like a school kind of setting. Yeah, yeah. The quirks, and, uh, the quirks are like mutants. Um, I mean, the kids with quirks are basically mutants. I mean. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you kind of don't have as much that, you know, like feared and hated mentality because here, you know, quirks are a, a thing that are like respect yeah but uh right but it's still some you know even like when you were talking like that this arc is dealing with a you know a, a villain Child who can negate yeah. who can negate powers like that's a you know very common superhero yeah. trope and so yeah i uh i this is like this series is almost kind of like comfort food in that way um, <laughs> yeah so i really i really enjoy it a lot kind of like even more so than one punch man in in that mm. regard um right you know I, I love one punch man and i think in some ways it is superior um yeah, I, I, but, agree. I agree definitely but um my hero academia i think has a lot of heart way more heart than one punch man which to be to be fair i don't think one punch man is like trying to also be emotional whereas my hero academia kind of has these emotional beats here and there um, whereas One Punch Man is more just very, a very straight, kind, kind of more of a straightforward comedy, action comedy. Right. Um, where, you know, like, like My Hero Academia has got all of the uh, melodrama and emotion. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I would say that it's at least like equally, um, imaginative and it's, 
you know, yeah. characters. Um, yeah. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think uh, just these past, like, I um, I would say it's fine. It's, it's definitely at the most interesting it's ever been. Um, I hadn't really, I had been reading it, um, you know, and enjoying it for like the past two years. But like over the past year, I think is when it finally kind of started to come into its own. You know, I'm saying this like now that it's 80 to 100 chapters in. Actually, let me see. It is, right. it is exactly 139 chapters in. Um, but as, as we, as we know, manga is, is very decompressed. Um, so it does take a while for, for things to, to build up sometimes. And that's just kind of the nature of the, of the medium. Um, but yeah, like, like I really like these villains he's built up. I really like a lot of his designs. I feel like he's finally kind of, you know, getting a lot of confidence in his storytelling and his characterization. Um, whereas I wasn't really feeling that before. I kind of feel like he had maybe like, that was the thing before. I, I felt like he kind of maybe had like a handful of really strong characters that he he was really confident in, and that was kind of it. But now it just, I and when you get this far, maybe maybe you can comment about this too. But um, now I just feel like he really feels confident in his cast, and he can really let all of them shine. So it's it's really cool. I, I really like following this guy because to me, I feel like My Hero Academia is going to be like the next big thing. I don't I don't know if it's I don't know exactly how big it is in Japan. I think it's quite popular, um, but I really hope it, it it catches on more here too because it's it's really really good. Right. Well, I know that the anime um, yeah has been really well received, and I don't know if it has a dub yet. I know that the second season is currently running. Right. Um, but I don't uh, know if I the first season got a dub. I believe it's being simul dubbed. Okay. I'm almost okay. I'm almost 100 percent sure it will all be dubbed. I mean okay. these these. These popular shonen shows, um, I haven't really... I watched, like, the first two or three episodes of the subtitled version when it was just coming out, um, just to see what it was like, and I liked it, but to me... Um, uh, and, and the art was also good, but just for me, I really like Horikoshi's art, so I just kind of felt like reading the manga was enough for me at this point. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it definitely... I feel like it has both the, like, right mix of, yeah. um, like... It has all of those shonen trumps in a really. I keep saying trumps. <laughs> oh my goodness! About Trump a lot lately. I I well I I actually like just came from uh I I hung out with a lot of um, my college friends over the oh. Memorial Day weekend. And a lot of them are like big Trump guys, and so that's always interesting. Like, yeah, huh. I know, right? It is. <laughs> uh, it that's is okay. Interesting. Um, different trumps for different folks. As you do, but. Uh, <laughs> A lot of these shonen tropes, um, but also with kind of like a like a high, I guess production value isn't the right <laughs> term, but like you know it has like a very high profile to it. Yeah, um, it looks pretty good. Um, yeah, from what I saw anyway, and and I know that a lot of anime, uh, a lot of shows put a lot of their budget into those first few episodes because that's what a lot of people see and they want to draw people in. But from what I've been hearing. Um, from some of my friends who are who are fans of the anime, um, it, it seems like it's it's really well animated and it's pretty faithful to the manga. So, yeah, if you want yeah, to get like, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it's the closest thing that we maybe have to like a successor to, you know, kind of like the, you know, like, the the one, one pieces and the yeah, Bleach, Naruto, yeah. those those kind Definitely. of like big, right. Yeah. Because it, it, it's, My Hero Academia is definitely, like, I feel like it's, okay, well, 
I don't want to say childish, but it, it, I don't feel like One Punch Man is in like maybe in the same vein as My Hero Academia. One Punch yeah. Man seems more aimed at, and it's aimed at kids, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it has more of an appeal for an older audience, whereas My Hero Academia is, is a little bit more juvenile in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way all the time. Right, it has um, that like earnestness and. Yeah, the, the One Punch Man. Yeah, definitely. Right, One Punch Man is quite cynical for a, for a shonen manga. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward and to, to more of this and hopefully, um, you know, we'll get a confrontation with this, with this bad guy soon. Yeah. So, um, let's, uh, let's move on to, um, robot laser beam. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of following up on our Haikyuu talk, um, yeah. we have another sports manga that is, um, still, I really good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it, like I was like I've been saying. Um, it's it's a little bit more subdued than a lot of sports manga. It's definitely I definitely feel like I'm kind of relaxing when I read it. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's like it's kind of like a like a um, like taking a break after reading like a uh, you know like a fighting manga. Like as as much as parts of it are still kind of intense or kind of ridiculous or crazy, like it it feels a little bit more grounded. Um, yeah, at least that, I, that's just my, my perception of it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, it's, um, it's interesting because I know we've kind of talked about previously with this main character, how he's just kind of, you know, like extremely prodigious in, um, yeah. being able to just like shoot at like, but like, uh, hit a ball like in a perfectly straight. straight line super yeah. straight very far and with this month's chapters it kind of um it, it kind of like touched on the fact that while he's really good at doing that one thing he is bad at doing everything else yeah um, that was interesting but that he has like this insane ability to adapt and learn on the fly yeah that was right in the most recent chapter they showed how he was able to copy his teammates shot from like the last chapter which was really interesting but yeah like you said earlier on this month there was just this whole chapter where you know they realized oh he can shoot he can hit the ball super straight but then every other thing it was like putting sucks uh <laughs> getting out of the bunker sucks yeah. uh you know yeah i think that was actually the, the terminology they used too so mm-hmm. yeah it was it was nice to see that that you know he wasn't perfect at everything though of course he he can learn super fast as well Right, um, yeah, and the, and it seems like the the way that the story is being laid out, it's you know he's still going to kind of have to work his way up the ranks. Um, yeah, yeah, and and gain recognition. So, I feel like at least, especially with these last few chapters, we get kind of a framework of maybe where the series is going to go from here. Um, right. Yeah, he has to. Um... Uh, he, he has to do this, I guess it was kind of like a mini kind of, I don't know, I guess kind of a test to see if he was good enough to enter the, to become a member of the golf club. And this other guy was gonna, I guess, I forget exactly, sorry, my dog's shaking, um, <laughs> offer up his spot um, on the team because apparently they don't, they don't let freshmen, I guess, 
or first years, whatever the term is, um, enter usually. Right. So he has to, so his friend was like, oh, you got, you got to prove yourself. So I guess I'm sure he'll end up on the team and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you almost kind of, there, there can be like variations, but these stories, I feel like kind of tend to fall away, like a similar thread of, you know, they're extremely good and then they are put in a situation where they have to prove themselves and then, um, you know, he'll probably face some situation where he does really poorly and either like loses or like pulls out at the last minute. Yeah. But, you know, but I still think that the way that the story is presented and the art and everything, um, yeah. Still makes for a really enjoyable read. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely fun to read. And I'm not even really a fan of golf or anything particularly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, and, and it's kind of all building up. And I guess, like, the the thing that the author wants us to look forward to is this, like, rematch with this popular, uh, g- like, young golfer who kind of scouted Well, he didn't scout him. He, um... He like challenged he Robo to that. Him, yeah, I kind of discovered him, and he's like, you know, challenge me again when you're better and you're more. You, you figure out what golfing means to you, kind of thing. I don't remember if those were the exact words, but uh, <laughs> that's basically what what he was getting at. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I guess I will really quickly. S- or sorry, did you have something else you wanted? Oh to- nope, nope, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh. Uh. I know Zach isn't as caught up as me on One Piece, but I, I want to speak real quickly about. That's the, like the most the, the biggest like <laughs> underestimation of or like. <laughs> why not I, I know Zach, you're, you mean like eight hundred chapters behind? I, I know Zach is only on, <laughs> on chapter thirty five of eight hundred and thirty, but anyway, <laughs> we're gonna talk about One Piece. Um, I just want to eight hundred and sixty six. There you go. Um, oh God, wow. Um, you know, when you actually think about how many chapters that is, that's that's really impressive. Um, well, you are you are talking to the guy who read all seven hundred <laughs> chapters of Naruto in like a three month period. So. That is pretty impressive too. That it's, is that if, I that's will admit. if that's the word you want to use, it's it's something. I think it's impressive. <laughs> I think it's impressive. Um, I, I really, I just want to really quickly uh, go over the most recent thing that happened in One Piece, just because it was a, a pretty big deal. Um, so, like a lot of One Piece arcs, uh, in this latest chapter, we started in, we started the backstory of the arc villain, uh, Big Mom. So, we, we just, uh, you know, this is the first chapter of what I'm assuming are going to be many, though you never know. This could end up being weirdly short, though I kind of doubt it. Um, uh, so, we just, we just kind of got a peek, a quick peek into Big Mom's backstory where she... Uh, was born to human parents, but she was super big, so she was left on the island of giants, Elbath. <laughs> super nice for parents to do that. Um, but it was basically because she was really destructive and they didn't really have anywhere else to leave her. Um, and eventually she was brought into the care of this character called um, Sister Carmel, uh, who was an important figure in Big Mom's past and was alluded to in a, in a few chapters beforehand um, at the wedding. Um, so... Basically, you know, it's just the start of this of this backstory where we're we're getting introduced to some new giant characters, um, some characters that uh, we we also see like in the Dressrosa arc, um, 
and, and you know, a, a few other arcs, some, some familiar faces. Um, and this chapter just ended with Big Mom uh, basically um, destroying this town because she was really hungry, because that's a thing she does. Um, she has a really big appetite and doesn't know how to control it, so um, it ends with her, like, it looks like she's about to be put to death or something, but of course her, her benefactor, Mother Carmel, is stepping in to say, like, she's done nothing wrong. So, um, yeah, just uh, kind of just looking forward to, you know, probably, they're probably going to do some work to try to humanize Big Mom, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, because I haven't really been a fan of this of this villain particularly, so I'm kind of waiting for something to get me kind of more excited about her development and her character. So, so we'll see. Hopefully, it won't end up being as long as um. And as much as I really liked Dress Rosa's um uh, flashback, it was super super long. So, uh, you know, hopefully it won't be like a three or four month flashback, and we'll get back to the main story and um back to uh like the final fight with her so yeah yeah uh, oh man <laughs> this is a i want to catch up on one piece so bad because i know yeah, it's I know. like a touchstone of like all manga in general and yeah uh, <laughs> you're probably it's definitely like the next on my list <laughs> yeah yeah i hope i hope you do eventually um and I, I totally understand if you don't if you don't eventually get back to it anytime soon because it is very long and it's not everybody's thing um yeah, I, I actually I have the first three of the three in one volumes. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But I and I've read the first one, right? Um, but I haven't got I haven't read the the next yeah. two. So it's uh definitely like eventually it's going to be something I do. Um, yeah. Now now how right. far I get you know the will remain to be seen. But I I really have enjoyed what I've read. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I do think it takes a while to get really good. Um. Uh, and and th that isn't to say that up until that point it's bad. It just I think it gets really compelling, like maybe about eighty to a hundred chapters in, um, you know, which is about as long as like My Hero Academia is now. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's not, one of that's, yeah. yeah. That's not particularly weird for manga. But, right. Um, it's not. Yeah. So it's, I I just always think though, like when you're listening to me like recap this, you're probably like, wow, what the heck are you talking about? No, it sounds awesome, and it just makes me <laughs> read it. Maybe maybe yeah. one day we'll um, all go back and read you know a few volumes from the begin the beginning and have that as our book club. Yeah, for month. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd love that. All right. So we want to well, move on to our last our last one, Doctor Stone. Uh, oh, sorry, I cut out a yeah, second no, there. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I've talked a lot. So so if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I think we can. Um, start wrapping up by talking about um one of the more recent additions one of the other more recent additions to weekly shonen jump uh dr stone um which wrapped up its first story arc this month yep um, yeah was... we get we get the close of the epilogue or the the epilogue of the prologue um yeah yeah that was so, pretty yeah, cool so what, what have you thought about dr stone um I've liked it so far quite a bit. It's been, um, there's definitely been some parts that I haven't, it's not that I haven't liked it, I've just thought it's it's been a bit silly, like it's hard for me to take super seriously, I guess. Um, which I think the manga wants me to, so I guess I would consider that to be a flaw. Um, like this thing that happened a few chapters back where this, you know, this current bad guy, Tsukasa, was, was you know, supposedly about to kill Senku and then had this kind of melodramatic moment where he said that 
oh, Senku, you could have been my first friend kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's like, all right, okay. I don't really think the show has... I, or the show, yeah. The, the manga has um, particularly, like, uh, hit the emotional beats it's going for, at least not for me, but it's been entertaining. I don't yeah, think, it is, it's yeah. very overwrought, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Not, not unenjoyable. Um, no, it hasn't... Yeah. It hasn't been a, a deal breaker. Um, and um, I, I do think it's interesting that now, because before it was like numbered like Z1 and Z2, wasn't it? Wasn't that kind of how it was? It had a yeah, weird numbering that's system. right. I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's telling us that, you know, we're going to get, uh, we're going to start the real story and the prologue's over. So it's like, you know, end of episode zero or uh, what is, let me see here. I have it here in front of me. Um, yeah. It says uh, Z, end of part Z12. Zero. Yeah, end of part zero. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. So we're going to go back to when uh, Senku woke up. So, um, did, did do you feel pretty much the same way about this past month, or do you have anything else to, to add about it? Yeah, not really. Um, it, you know, I did a few interesting things with, like, the... I, I guess their plan for how to take down Suka. Tsukasa, yeah. Tsukasa, yeah. Yeah. Um, and having, um, gee, I should like look at what these characters' names are before we I start do. talking about it. But the uh, Yuzu Riha, Yuzu Riha, having her being like the, you know, because she was the one that he least expected, having her be kind of like their secret weapon, and yeah, that was kind of neat. And like Sinku seemingly sacrificing himself but probably not yeah um, i thought that was kind of clever um, yeah not nearly as clever i think as you know they wanted us to think it was yeah i was like oh okay i guess that's something he could have done <laughs> uh-huh. I, I wasn't yeah um i'm also a little skeptical about them like because it almost seems like they're gonna eventually like get to space travel or something and i'm like whoa okay i'm I'm, I'm, I'm barely suspending my disbelief for, you know, gunpowder. Um, <laughs> so, so we'll right. see. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, I think the thing that has me most, um, interested in this series is the, the f- way that this arc ended. Um, just the fact that it's now kind of going into like a non-linear storytelling device. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, I guess, like, my interest is waning a little bit, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, The art's still, I think, really darn good. Um, uh, you know, not, not much has changed there. I, I'm kind of surprised that Tsukasa didn't die, too. I kind of thought he was going to die there, but he's yeah. kind of... Maybe he'll eventually become their friend. He'll be, like, the Vegeta of this story. Right, because you you always have to have the the villain who yeah. becomes a, becomes a you know a reluctant a hero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see that happening for sure. I could too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there there are a few other series that we didn't talk about either because we haven't caught up or because not not as much happened, and hopefully we can touch on those again um, in right. the future. 
but but next month we have something a little special planned um since since walter will still be studying for his for the bar and i will actually be in japan for a few weeks this this month um we're getting ready to have a crossover between the manga club multiversity manga club and fellow podcast uh the dc3 cast so um emily do you want to tell them a bit about what you'll be doing with our pals vince and brian yes i will we will all be reading um the bat manga (laughs) Uh, I believe that's its official name by Jiro. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, by Jiro Kuwata. So I will be extremely confused. I really don't know anything. I don't know anything about this this manga, um, except that it's about Batman. And my knowledge of Batman is limited to pretty much the animated series from the '90s. Um, So I guess it could be worse. But I guess I guess this is a this is a good like middle ground between having. Brian, like, read Shonen Jump, just just read, like, an entire issue and just, like, jump in with no knowledge of any of the series. That would be pretty cruel. Yeah, I, I promise <laughs> listeners are definitely in for a treat. I'm excited to listen yeah. to this episode. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And when we all return in July Ooh, or so... Yeah, I think we'll all be back together in August. July, August, okay. Well, August, yeah. yeah, eventually we'll all get back together and we'll we'll get on a normal schedule. But yep. until then, we'll still definitely have some some fun and interesting things for listeners. So mm-hmm. um, once again, uh, we appreciate you listening to the multiversity manga club and, and interacting and engaging um if you have any comments or anything that you want to talk about regarding haiku or any of the other book club books that we've talked about or anything in weekly shonen jump uh be sh- just uh, feel free to reach out to us on on twitter um either at the at the multiversity uh, website, Twitter account, or our personal accounts. Um, you can find me uh, at SirFox89. Yep, and oh, my dog is barking now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I am at. <laughs> what is your dog's Twitter account? I don't know. Uh, she apparently heard something. <laughs> Anyway, Faye, come here. Faye. Okay, I don't know if Brian's going to edit that out, but I am I am at 1,000 throws on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. I'm sure we have, like, a, a, a certain percentage of our listen, listener base probably has pets <laughs> as well. And, yeah, dogs and, and cats. They totally understand. Hopefully not um, as bad as mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Um, once again thanks for listening and we will talk to you all again soon yep see you guys later